0: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk. En dat is nog niet alles. Alle kingdeals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King.
1: Woo! Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. It's the general meeting special. We were uh, all quite enthused and, and pleased, I think, to have a positive meeting at the Flamonic Hall last night. Um, Farhad Mashiri stole the show and so too did Joe Anderson a bit of a surprise cameo but nevertheless some encouraging words so we're gathered to reflect on that to ponder what was said what wasn't said to some degree and it's me Greg O'Keefe Phil Kirkbride Gavin Buckland who's back with a vengeance and Tony Scott um, Gav what was your overall kind of feeling about the general meeting? Positive? Oh yes
0: Yes, I was expecting it to be positive, you know, considering some of the, you know, Shady uh, coming in, and you know the talk around new new stadium and um, money being available for transfers, all that type of stuff we've spoken about. So you know, in the last twelve months, so you know, it would have been surprising if it wasn't positive. So overall, it was uh, generally, um, you know, I, I really thought it was it was, uh, it was good.
1: So we um, we may be expecting to hear more about specifically about the Bramley Mall?
2: It, it's a tough one, isn't it? Obviously, because it's not it's not stamped, is it? It's not officially done, so obviously they can only say so much. Saying that, the more they, they did. Categorically, they did say that was the number one destination and things were going in that way. So I can see where they were coming from. They can't exactly say, yeah, this is official. This is our site and this is what we're going for. But in a nutshell, they did. For me, for a generation of supporters round about my age, I've never I've never looked to the future so much regarding to the state we're in right now. Yeah, this is me. I haven't seen Everton win a trophy for 21 years. We've forever been in debt selling our best players every other season. Commercially, we've lagged behind for years um, in bringing transfers in, etc. Even regards to the stadium. Now you look at what's happened over the last 12 months. Well, it's not even 12 months so far. I've coming as it's February, and now it's just it's on another scale what we're looking for commercially. There was record deals. Robert Elston was talking about obviously the waterfront stadium transfers coming in. Most of the debts being cleared. It's never looked so bright regarding to the future of Everton Football Club. But where we've come from where we've come far so far in the last twelve months has been brilliant and long may continue. Phil, very rare thing at an
1: Everton general meeting, certainly in my experience of covering them. (laughs) Rounds of applause are plenty. Two alone for the majority investor. And he got a laugh. Got a laugh, and he got a well, well-deserved laugh when he said he was getting seven pints of ale for him on the <laughs> train. <laughs> he doesn't even drink lager. He, said. he
3: didn't. He didn't specify what happened to those, those those beers though. After he said he didn't drink beer, so like uh, like him to follow up that one up. But um, no, it was um, it was a world away, wasn't it, from the one of 2015, the last one we had, where you had Robert Elston stood up on stage, and elsewhere at home on Twitter, Joe Anderson, you know, kickstarting a slanging match with each other, and 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 the and the, and the downfall and the evaporation of Walton Hall Park. So fast forward 13 months, and it's night and day, really, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, obviously, Evan, obviously, the, uh, Bill Kenwright, all but said Bramley Moore, Doc, He didn't use the phrase. Nobody used the phrase today on the night. You know, but the fact that they were giving the message and, and dropping the strongest hint yet that is their preference was encouraging we obviously know that they'd looked at it that wasn't that was obviously in the public domain but the fact that they that they were willing to say look yeah we want it as well was encouraging
1: what i found really reassuring was when one of the shareholders i thought <clears throat> some of the questions from from the floor as, as ever seems to be the way at these events were a little bit meandering and it's not not quite as relevant as you'd like them to be but one was, and somebody asked Robert Elston to, you know, explain a little bit about what he'd learned from the previous failed ground moves, and that could be perceived in different AGMs as a loaded question or as a criticism or something to, you know, poke into the ribs of the chief executive and to maybe elicit a kind of um, defensive response. But what I was impressed was, and I have to say, is that Elston responded quite, you know. Um, he responded quite, I would say, maturely for once—a better phrase. I'm not suggesting he's immature, but the way he, he said, "We have learned from Kirby. We needed a greater consensus on the next ground move, One Hall Park. We've learned that you know you need to have all the ducks in a row before you start talking publicly," which was maybe why they were cautious over naming the Bramley Moor. Um, and his answer to that genuinely gave me uh, belief that they've learned from what's gone wrong in the past because. You can accept when things don't happen, and I must say Everton's ground move, Litany of failures, does really push it to the push the envelope. I mean, not many clubs would have such, you know, mm. a shabby record of projects that they've started and they've failed. But at least it seems like they've learned. And yeah, it helps that is here. But I get the feeling the right people are listening to the right people. And as Phil said, then, you know, they've made a conscious effort from the last AGM to this one all of a sudden Anderson was on board in fact he was in the meeting and he was speaking yeah so it just looked as if we haven't buried our heads in the sands and you know put up the shutters and ignoring the the criticism or constructive advice from outside actually it looked as if we're moving forward but that's
0: what good organizations do though don't they 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 learn from the mistakes in the past and they they have a system in place to 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 tell what you've learned to, to Put in new processes to rectify the errors of the past and, and have honesty about it as well that's what all good organizations do and that want to progress the ones that don't is, is the ones that don't learn and don't don't learn from it and don't put anything in place in the future so I've not got a problem with any CEO any company saying yeah we made mistakes in the past and we've learned from them and this is what we're going to do in the future you know as a, as a result of that so I, I uh, I've, I've not got a problem
2: with it responding in that way is this just haven't learned from mistakes in the past or the fact of the matter is now you've got someone with a few quid. Is that just the sole difference? Because when you're looking at KB, you're looking at Walton Old Park, you're looking at all these <laughs> failed ground moves, you're having to rely on someone else to back it or support. Now, you don't need that. It's Well, there's certainly an element to that, I think. There's yeah. definitely an element to that. But What I would say
1: is if we didn't have Fahad Mishiri, I think Everton would still have to find a way of, of acknowledging their need to move mm. to a new ground. Where they would be at, I don't know. Mm. However, just because they've got Fardin Mishiri, as me and Phil learned last night when we spoke to uh, Robert Alston afterwards, it still doesn't make it quite as cut and dry as, for example, if Shakman saw a, a drop Man City and mm. come on board Everton. Fard Mishiri, Phil, isn't here to underwrite a, a 300 pounds 400 million pound stadium at, You know, one swish of his pen, they still need to find enabling ways to make it work financially, don't they?
3: Yeah, I don't. I, I, the way I understand it, and I don't think this is as you say, Farhad's just going to get the cheque book out and go. There's 350 million quid of my own money. I think he's there as almost the guarantor for the the inevitable loan that you would have to get to fund the stadium. Yeah. That you know, that's that's the reality of it. He, but he's there now as the guarantor, if you like, because like a name
2: he, and rights and contacts, etc. Well,
3: yeah, I mean that will come into it. What I'm saying, farhad has got the financial clout to, to to go to the bank and say. Loan us this money. I'll be your guarantor. We'll pay it back. I'm here now. We can pay it back. Yeah. Whereas previously, maybe Everton, as as, as yeah. Bill mentioned last night, you said they were going pleading to the banks every week before Farhad came. So I think that's the difference now. Farhad isn't going to go. As I say, there's yeah. three hundred fifty million quid. Do what you want with it. That's not a Euro business. That's not. You talk about sustainability last night and sustaining um, a, a business and a club and a team to rejoin the elite. Just throwing money and not thinking about you coming back or where you're spending it it's not how you do that so it's a business plan that Fahad is at the head of
2: No, Phil you've just said to, to stay with the elite it was a very good point because Moshiri I think it was Fahad Moshiri he said that it's more acceptable for us to be within the big clubs in the Premier League rather than the FA Cup take priority I think someone did mention that I don't Fahad, know it was a was Fahad, Fahad said, said
3: he feels he loves the FA Cup he says where Everton's quote Competitive edge will be truly tested is in the Premier League.
2: And I agree with that. Although, for a football fan, I want to see my team lift an FA Cup. Well, but for a business perspective, look where Wigan are, they won the Cup three years ago. Yeah. yeah but he was, you know what I mean? Sorry,
3: Gav, just on that point, he was, <clears throat> he was slightly taken to task by one of the shareholders last night on that fact. Yeah. It wasn't really a question, it was more a kind of a, somebody voicing their sort of disagreement with his yeah. opinion that the Premier League is more important than silverware, so to speak. But the fa- the fact of the matter is, Fahad spoke eloquently and with passion about Everton's past. He understands their history and heritage, as he said. And he understands all of that about the club. But he's also a realist. Yeah. And for him, he's dragging Everton now into a real... Sort of a realism. And that is the Premier League. Yes, we want to go and win the FA Cup. Of course we do. Mm. But the reality is, if they're going to become... Among the elite again, you, that's not by winning one FA Cup yeah. in twenty-one. You've got Portsmouth, Wigan. The list goes on. A team that for, and you've got a challenge for the top four yeah. every season.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, but saying that, the teams look at the teams that have won the FA Cup in the last ten years. Apart from okay, you've got Portsmouth, Wigan, like oh, but like City have won it, Man, Man United have won it, Liverpool have won it. You know, that's what I mean. That's what I mean because the FA Cup has come, come after. Cook that. Add, the the theory is. The best you do in the Premier League, you know, more money both for yep. finishing yeah. at the top end of the Premier League and it, you know, it enhances your value and exposure and all that. And that gives you more money and that gives you more money to buy better players. It gives you more chance of winning yep. trophies. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I don't think you can prioritise anything above the Premier League because that, that's yeah. the thing that drives,
3: but, but drives the whole, whole future of the club, really. As far as saying one has to come before the other. Yeah, but that's nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think we acknowledge that and I wouldn't dispute that. Um, and I think I think they used to the phrase gold standard, I can't remember used yeah. to be, and I, I you know, fully support that. And he also said that there was a good line he said about I don't want us to be a museum, yeah, yeah, which I thought was like his one of those standout quotes. Yeah, I thought I, I know what you, It captures a lot of things just by saying that, sure. I thought I thought that was a really good quote. I
1: just I just warrant on that FA Cup v, v Premier League debate. I think we're in a sort of fortunate for one, well, fortunate in a sense. Um, Situation whereby we're not in Europe, we are not in the League Cup. Um, so I don't know if he really has to kind of has to be rotating and chopping and changing. We would have a game, you know, a Premier League game this weekend anyway, if it weren't for the FA Cup, if you know what I mean.
0: So I don't think we have to see a weekend team go out. Mm. Well, I, th- I think that's a, that's the management side of the club, isn't it? That, that I think is slightly divorce what was spoken about last night about. And I, I just think that um, I just think he was right. Um, and I think that everything's built towards that and, and, and I think he's spoken in the past about being part of a North West hub of football mm. of like the two cities in Liverpool and yeah. the two cities in Manchester and I think to do that you've got to finish like at the top you know mm. or at the top ends of the Premier League rather than being a big six we want to be part of a big seven don't we mm. rather than the best of the rest yeah. and that, that's the key thing for me in all of this
2: is, is getting us to you know, to a magnificent seven. I know you're saying because if you're around about the top six for the last five years, you will, you will tend to remember who the top six clubs are in the Premier League over the last five or six years. Where if you ask someone who won the FA Cup over the last five or six years, you go, I can't really... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you know
0: who the big teams are in the league. I mean, we've got better chance of winning the FA Cup by being part of the top six or seven yeah. than prioritising the FA Cup above the yeah. Premier League. It's, yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that and and that goes for all cup, cup competitions. And um and at the moment, and look at if you look at the league at the moment. Well, we nine points. Don't get into too much. are nine points behind Man United. Army you were six. So there's, there's If you look at it that there's a big big to uh, mm. to fill there. And I'd rather us be viewed at the end of the season as a standpoint as being bottom of the top seven rather than being top of the, the bottom fourteen, if you if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, it's yeah. slightly illogical. But I think that's what we should be aiming to, to do when we say if we do finish seventh that it's in that this, in se- dampers, yeah, yeah, this, this season. This season
1: yeah yeah next season after two windows of machinery wealth, I think we need
2: to
0: be aiming
1: to yeah.
2: shuffle up that top set, but that was the other thing. Get closer, bridge the gap at least. Or bridge the gap. But he
0: said, We have what did he say? We have one window or something. To last night, he said, I can't remember the he he
1: was talking about. It was quite interesting actually. He said, Oh, sorry, he sounded so relentlessly ambitious. He said, We've got a window of opportunity here. Yeah, 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 he he made. He made us laugh. To establish ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had a bit of a not a pop, but he was quite funny. They were quite um you know off the way he sort of dismissed West Ham. He said we thought their new stadium would give them an immediate edge, but that's not worked out yet. He said, Tottenham is a bit of a bit a mixed bag, a bit lucky uh, in terms of their, their financial setup and what have you. But he was very honest, very candid. <laughs> but he did say, you know, we've got we've got a window of opportunity. But I, I love the fact he was saying, But if we miss it, you know, we're gonna find ourselves locked in that bottom 14. Yeah. If you like. So this is a chance. I think it probably means January in the summer. Yeah. But January's a a big window as well to as you say yeah. to, to prove that we're not going to finish too far off the pace of the magnificent set. <laughs> yeah. As we've coined as Gab's coined. But yeah, it was um I personally like you say I I found what he was saying so so uh, inspiring, especially that museum. What do you think that
2: well. museum can't go because I loved it. for for, for me growing up. Everton's a special club for me and always will be but when someone says well, in a nutshell we don't want to be just a special club we want to be a winning football club All our yesterdays is,
1: is a phrase that you know you can throw up to some extent both Merseyside clubs yeah. at times and we have got a very proud heritage and we rightly um, acclaim it but that's all well and good it's not putting young fans smiles on their faces new trophies in the, the cabinet of Goodison Park and not materially moving us forward into that elite. And that's why Machiri's come in. And it's just great to hear he hasn't been seduced too much by this whole, oh, we're one of the traditional big clubs of England, mm. where this, we're that, we've won nine league titles, you know, we've been consecutive seasons in the top, like more than any other. Yeah, it's all well and good. But as he said, we don't want to be musing. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, and also as well, we've got to bear in mind the way football is going in the future, isn't it? Or even the near future, or even now with the increased globalisation of the game, and actually the current format of having a Premier League, Champions League that exists at the moment may change within the next five or ten years, where actually you've got more global focused uh, nature of club football, and it's important that the work's done now for us to be part of that rather than be left behind just by being in the Premier League, and I think that that's one of the things we need to bear in mind that the current state of English football and the way it's organised government, Will not be the the same as what it will be in probably ten years' time, even maybe not even five. And we need need to make sure that when that change happens, that we're part of that change rather than being on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're looking very far ahead, but I think we're already seeing this plans for Premier League games abroad, maybe one or two a season. Yeah, yeah. You know, we David should spoken of that, hasn't he? Yeah. Ultimately. You you might with, with your specs on looking at the future, you might see a pan-European Super League. You might even see a global league. And
0: that's it. And the
1: fact of the matter is, that's, there's still going to be Evertonians wanting to watch Everton. So Mesi's legacy has got to be that Everton is well positioned as they can be to not, have, well, to avoid the cut when it comes to yeah. usually take with us into the top mm. echelons and who should we leave. Yeah,
0: and, it and that's it. And that you need to be part of that elite that we're talking about there. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. And at the moment. We're not, but we need to be part of that. So when change happens in the future, which it will happen, that we're part of that change rather than being on the outside. Phil, Robert said, didn't he,
1: just to emphasise to to people who are listening who might not have picked up on it, two to three months was when, so I assume it'll be three months, when the club can kind of think that they'll make another statement about the stadium. Just tell us a little bit more about what what we think he meant by that.
3: He used the phrase bottom out, didn't he? Two to three months to bottom out. Um, the stadium issue for me, I took that as him saying, in two to three months, we'll, we'll sort of, fl- you know, flag in the ground, so to speak, and we'll say where we, where we're going. We will we'll have, in principle, set up where the money's coming from, rough time frame, etc., etc., and we'll say, right, this is we've we've agreed with the land sale with Peel, etc., etc. That is then they'll go public and go, this is where we're building.
1: Yeah, what I what I want to know, I'm keen to find out is. What part the council play in the enabling finance and you know we'll endeavor to find that out uh, for the paper for the website over the next few few weeks and months but
3: so, I mean just grants from the EU and stuff come into it I don't know well, we'd, we'd, we'd,
1: well, I don't know if it is grants or if it's because you some sort of a wider
3: development you see uh, that's part of the, of the funding process It's going to need
1: some sort of well I think that part of Liverpool is going to have a retail element. Liverpool waters going forward and it's not obviously it's just not going to be the Bramley Moor yeah. it's going to be way beyond yeah. that isn't it Peel have got 5.5 billion plans for that area yeah. but don't so, forget
2: Greg sorry the, the council about Liverpool Football Club and the Anfield area as well
1: They well, are if, if you can
2: muscle 23 million to Liverpool's new stands then you can find it forever. yeah no absolutely but what I mean is
1: I suppose what Elston means bottom out the full terms of the, of, of the deal of
2: how the council are going to help them yeah. and then they know that then they can forward with What announcing was this. your opinion on the, the train station comments? Was you surprised well, by that one? I, I, well, it's really
1: interesting, isn't it? Because,
2: you know, yeah, they'll
1: need a new station there anyway yeah. for Peel Waters. But Joe letting it slip the way he did at Everton's general meeting while discussing the Bramley Moor. He's a seasoned politician. For me, that's a huge indicator that that is not only that's the confirmed site that Everton want probably the site they're going to get Now i do touch wood there because like i said we've all had our fingers burned yeah. but it can't be any coincidence that joe joe risks have a massive egg on his face in every sense when he stands up and talks about you know there's a train site we've already improved the infrastructure of 20 million pounds towards the road running along great tower street yeah. away towards that he's spoken about um what was the thing he said?
3: He, I think I don't know if, the, if if it was related to the train station, but he said in April they'll be announcing six million pounds worth of other investment. I don't know if that was infrastructure investments.
0: Been, yeah. So Ben, the the other phrase that caught me out last night was, and I think he probably touched on it there. Phil, what are so the most significant issues? or oh, I don't mm, know Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what we're talking about here? Do you I think, think so? so yeah,
3: yeah. I, that's the way I understood it. You know, it is a significant issue, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. the biggest issue. Yeah. How are we how are we funding it? Yeah. So I, I, that's why I I took that as, um, and you say it'd be a critical few months, and obviously then later told us, yeah. we'd have a decision within I, three months.
1: I think what what we've probably been party to or witnessed to is a lot of public posturing and brinksmanship between Peel and Everton. Peel spoke to the Echo just before Christmas and for the first time publicly acknowledged that Everton want to build a stadium on the Bramley Moor. They spoke to one of my colleagues, Alistair, and said that, um, you know, it would be nice to have Everton there, but there are other kind of other possibilities and, and avenues. And if that, if that doesn't happen, Robert Elstone and, and Ken Wright, I think, both mentioned last night that there are other sites, alternatives, alternatives plural. <laughs> so I think it's a lot of posturing and it's a lot of, brinksmanship and they're both trying to you know, now through the media and through the public arena just just do this negotiation process Everton want the best price they can drive and they'll probably be saying to Peel without us, you haven't made a whole lot of progress with Liverpool Waters yet we're saying we're going to put a football stadium, a huge economic driver right at the heart of what you want, it will bring so much along with it you need to give us a a good price on the land Peel will be saying it's our land, it's our water scheme you want to be part of that, <laughs> you need to pay what we want for the land. And, yeah. and, and also also somewhere in the middle, yeah, there'll
0: be to a compromise. And also when like future income generation from that, we want to be part of that as well. Like, I, know, g- I guess therefore,
3: and that all comes back to, that's where Joe Anderson comes in, and the fact that now, Everton's searched for a stadium where 13 months ago was riddled by division, is now been driven by unity because they have to work together with the council and they, and they, 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 they emphasized it so much last night at the meeting they were just like it was like it was the main point they were trying to get across we are working with the council really well
0: yeah i mean i think the other points that just mentioned about when we started talking about this about Macheri coming in and about how that changes things with the new stadium he's got access to other people who can come in who are experts isn't he and sort of more familiar with this type of issue than perhaps what we've had before and I think that's a great assistance. You know, this happens already, hasn't it, at board level, but beyond that. And I think that you know that helps us address some of the lessons learned in the past. Uh, and 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 I think that's up to our benefit. I mean, the the interesting thing for me about the stadium then is is what you know. There's time scales for the stars, isn't it? Sure. You know that that's that's the thing, because you know, Mercedes talking about immediately, you know big step change for Everton but if your stadium's mm. two, three years down the line you've got you've got that gap to fill haven't you? I don't think
1: it's any coincidence that Everton has spent a, a fair sum of money not not probably relatively speaking in Machiris terms but on uh, redeveloping mm. Goodison giving a bit of a facelift Joe Anderson quite a few months back last year hinted at maybe two to three years for the stadium move in good faith I'm absolutely sure I can't see that. Being being realistic, I'd be surprised if Everton were playing at that stadium by 2021. Um, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope maybe I'm overestimating how long construction could take. Maybe it could happen by 2020, by the end of the decade, but uh, I, you know, I would be I would be saying that would be a real good go if they've got it done as, by then.
3: As well as that, Greg, on you saying, you know, paying a relatively not particularly significant amount of money in modern-day football, I will dwelling too much so I'm going to write my column on it this week but there's, no, there's no, no coincidence that Everton are going to be spending £10 million on a 19-year-old a player for the future because in, by the time Everton's new stadium is built if he's still at the football club he's in the prime of his career he's a star player so that is a big part of the sales pitch now with Everton to mm. these young lads
2: do you, Charlie, you know, you're touching back on the stadium there do you think the boards are thinking I don't know if it's too far ahead that this is solely going to be a football stadium for Everton Football Club? Is it going to have a running track around, maybe for the Commonwealth Games, Will it host concerts? Will he think the bigger picture, or just solely for Everton Football Club as a football stadium? It's really
1: interesting, that, because...
3: And have you got a number for Dan Mice?
2: <laughs> Get yeah. him on the phone. Because, <coughs> because, I mean,
1: Joe Anderson's kind of speculated, hasn't he, and he can only speculate at this stage as well, because the Commonwealth Games is some time off. And, and Liverpool obviously haven't even <laughs> won yeah. won the bid. Um, so it is speculative. But the difficulty being, I suppose, is that he would have to maybe, as he does when he speaks to the architects and people who are planning the stadium, say, would there be potential to possibly use this as the Commonwealth Games? But Everton couldn't hang their hat on building the stadium, which would have a running track, which I think would be divisive. Yeah. Like, personally, I wouldn't want a running track. Yeah. Um but I guess there might be ways, architecturally, Dan Mice, if you're listening, um, yeah. to maybe have a facility to a pitch that rolls on, rolls yeah, off. Yeah, you could yeah. incorporate some sort of running track. I don't know. The, the I don't thing, think it would be great to have it like a permanent West track. I was
3: just about to say, Mishiri <coughs> mentioned West Ham, the, the potential for that threat, and it hasn't worked. I wonder whether that has been part of the discussions yeah. with Dan Mice or whoever they're dealing with. And they've, they've just gone not worked. We have to retain, like Bill Bow did. They have to retain the sense of atmosphere, closeness to the pitch. Otherwise, what's the point, really? Yeah, yeah
0: and that's what we're familiar with, aren't we? But I mean, what's lost as well, but in this, and Phil touched on it there, is, and this the thing for me is, you can talk all you want about stadium and commercial deals, but like balance sheets don't win things, do It's it's players and managers and. It's what we're going to be doing in this new world, as a way to, to support that. And you know, we spoke about the the lad there, and you know, the January transfer window and transfer window after that. And we need we all need to remember that is what we spoke about last night. It's all great and in generating income, additional income, you know, to, to meet with financial fair play, but it doesn't guarantee it, anything. What guarantees you something in football is having good management, good players a good yeah. buying and selling policy, you know, academy and things like that, so that shouldn't be lost on anybody within all of this Is that that that's what actually takes parity above anything else. Spot on, you
1: know? don't forget we, we can get too easily lured into the sense of as we've started the podcast talking about being the best of the rest or being bottom of the top seven, there's no reason things have to be that way, we had a manager not so long ago We've got Everton to fourth place in the Premier League. Now it was a different financial uh, landscape even then, but it was still improbable even yeah. then. Last season, and I'm sure none of us have forgotten, Leicester City won the bleeding league. Yeah, exactly. yeah. it's not Ronald Koeman is, you know, improving Everton. Un- undisputably, he's improved Everton, and he really needs to show that he's not just someone who's content with getting them into seventh or sixth. Why can't he? Why can't he charge down United this season who are so up and down? Yeah, there's a financial gap in what, they, in what they've spent in the summer massively and they probably will spend in January as well but we've got to remember that it's not always just about where
2: your wage base is and finishing in accordance to your financial power. You and, the trend. Koeman and Walsh were there where they go. What do you think they made of it, Phil? Koeman and Walsh, what do you think they made of the whole the whole meeting?
3: They, they've heard it all, all before. It wouldn't be new to them, will yeah. it? Um You know... I would imagine very much. Certainly, actually, in both cases, you know, when when Mashiri and, and Kenwright have gone to Cooman and they've gone to Walsh and said, "Do you want to be part of this?" They've absolutely said, "Look, this that's is why the, they're here. Yeah, yeah, this is what we this is what we're planning. Do you want to be part of it?" Mm. So, I, I expected heard it all before, but you know, so but when they'd heard it for the first time, they would have been impressed. That's why they've joined.
0: Yeah, I mean that that, that that's the point, you know. Part I'm trying to make is that history's listed with clubs who've built new grounds or new stands and thought, "Oh, that's it now." With you know, it happened to Chelsea in the seventies. Happened to Notts Forest in the eighties built the stands and they lost. They he spent so much money on it. They lost all the impetus they got from winning two European Cups. So we need to bear that in mind that when you build a new ground, it doesn't guarantee you mm. anything. And I think that's what you said there, Phil, like so right. It's what we do between now and when any new ground to fruition 2020 2020 vision yeah uh, yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, magnificent <laughs> yeah, 2020 it's, it's, 2020 yeah, that's, uh, pull them all. is, is the, that's the key thing isn't it that two and three year window which is maybe what you're talking about yeah. before that that we get that right mm. and i
1: think that's why michelle is not yeah. saying he's going to pour all of his finance his, his, his wealth into just funding a stadium he's going to find a financial model for it to work crucially so he can continue to support the manager in the transfer market because without that as we've seen with Arsenal to an extent they've had a great manager they've got a brilliant youth system and they have spent not as much as their fans would like and ultimately let's face it they haven't spent enough to keep you know, they've been crying out for certain mm. players in yeah. certain areas which wouldn't probably have made them champions but some points in the last five years and they haven't really but I think Mishiri wants to I mean Ken Wright joked last night didn't he said believe me this guy wants to sign more players than you do. He's the telly, Say we'll sign him, we'll sign him. He's we'll a Sky him. Sports dream, you know. So I think Michelle wants to have his, <laughs> his walking around money. I think he wants to maybe focus more on that. He yeah. wants to be someone who's bringing in players and, and enjoying... That's, that's probably yeah, why he's yeah, got yeah, into yeah. it.
3: To be someone who, yeah. you know... He, said yeah. he, he used the phrase involved in a football club. He wasn't involved at Arsenal. Yeah, but that, that, yeah.
0: that's a smart move, though, isn't it? Because he might have a new stadium in three, four years' time or whatever. But the best way of filling that stadium from the onset yeah. is actually having a
2: successful team
0: in the interim, isn't it? Yeah. Look, yeah. Look, on, on, the,
2: on the other scale of that, if Everton if we were to plan this stadium in like four or five years' time, wouldn't you think that whatever the results are on the pitch, you will be able to attract a generation of supporters? I want to see Everton in the brand-new stadium on the Bromley Mordor. Uh, it's a shout,
0: um, but that—that's the key thing for me in all of this and all last night, and I've said before on the podcast—is it's the size of the stadium, understanding the size of your support that you've got. Mm. That will go having a place and model that works. You spoke last—you spoke last, last night—and it was good to say about seeing tickets being frozen. That won't be sustainable in the new ground, I would imagine if you've got a part of your financial plan, and so it—that's that, the thing mm. for me—is the the size of the stadium, and getting that right is the key thing, and you you only get that by having a successful
3: football club and charging a right right price. It's worth noting as well that, um, and 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 you know we have to give credit to Robert Elston for this. He's really kind of driven the the, the desire to make football affordable to younger fans. And I think in in one of the slides last night, and forgive me if I if I'm quoting this wrongly, I think he said over the last twelve month months, sorry they believe they've attracted 40,000 new supporters, young supporters, equates to 300,000 tickets or something. So I think that is part of the process. So if they do go slightly mm. ambitious with a new stadium, they believe, the hope is that this, this new generation of younger fans that they're, they're attracting now will stay with them when they get older. Yeah,
1: I thought it was absolutely brilliant to just expand on that point, that they've introduced another subcategory in the season tickets for people under the age of 25. And as Robert said... Yeah. You Know there's people out there who haven't yet really got into their career, maybe they've not long been out of um higher education, or, or maybe they're just at a point whereby, as I think he said, struggling to pay the rent, just getting by, they want to go and watch Everton. And now, this season ticket is and, and by the way, there's a chance to pay it over 12 months direct. Mm-hmm. I think, did he say 40 pounds a month or 30 pounds a month? Yeah, to to, 30. yeah. you won't yeah. pay no more than 30 pounds, isn't, isn't, isn't that brilliant? brilliant. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I think that's a brilliant idea, and, and it's it, only gonna. Get, capture, well, certainly ensure Goodison's full for every home game as it yeah. pretty much has been, yeah. and as Phil said then, sow the seed to get those extra
3: 10,000 fans in the new stadium. I just, I mean, it is a, this is a conversation for a, a completely different time, but I mean, Gav, you said it's not sustainable to season ticket prices if we go into a new stadium, but, but could we not play in devil's advocate? Are you not recouping the money, the difference so to speak, because of the hospitality that a new stadium would have? Well, that that, what but missed that's out
0: what on. I is mean about is is understand how much hospitality you can get and how much actually that generates in a season. I mean I've always viewed that around, to say if you got like twenty hospitality boxes or whatever, it's paying fifty thousand pounds each season. Mm. It's only a million quid. Yeah, yeah. Which is like we'll pay uh, one of your leading players what for a couple of months. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. You know, and that's so, it, you, you just we we state we overstate the importance of I always think uh hospitality. And there, I say, the not want to sit the shirt sold mm-hmm. as well. Um, it it's it's the core money comes from selling. We've had this conversation before. That is <laughs> that mm. is the key thing. Million pound every yeah, televised game. Yeah. The, the, the important thing for us, I think, from the stadium is having the ground. But we need to make sure. We need to understand that to make it work and make it really profitable. As I got that, some things have got probably gotta change. Name well be naming rights if you want Yeah, naming rights, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, name rights. Like, maybe it's the way you price your tickets and, and, and stuff like that. But knowing the amount of people who'd wanna who'd wanna go there, the way football is watching the future will change, as we said before, there will be mm. you know uh, within a few years maybe the next T V deal the year after the deal after that, that all games will be accessible.
1: I think all it's, right, just, it's likely all
2: Facebook will stream. Yeah, type, type again. But thing, don't you so. think if this new ground, obviously if if stuff when it happens, there would be businesses from all over the world wanting to get a box at that ground
3: on but, the waterfront
2: stadium. I think they'd that, be falling yeah. over themselves. You wouldn't want to yeah. buy a box also, on uh, that in also that also, stadium. I
3: also think, and again, going back to what Gav has said throughout the podcast, yeah, you, you're correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But he also ties in with the success of the pitch. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Everton aren't pushing anywhere near Europe, some of those companies are gonna go, well, what's the exposure? Yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: I'd never compare Everton ever to a club like with respect, Middlesbrough, but the Riverside Stadium there, you know, let's 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 hope and certainly have some faith that the Br- Bramley Moore, whatever the stadium is called, will knock that into a, you know, it'll be a ten times better stadium. But you don't have, I, I doubt they have global companies beating yeah. down a door just because they're based on on the, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it, the, the weir? No, that's Sunderland, isn't it? Uh, just because it's based on on the edge of a river. yeah, yeah. so I think you've it's got to be, on this. Yeah, we'll talk
2: about that generation of supporters that they're trying to attract. There's a, they, believe it or not, I know that there's mates, there's I've, I've got Liverpool fans who, whose lads they can't afford to take them. To the liverpool match they don't have that category where under 16 tickets they don't have an under 25 ticket scheme which have are going to now introduce so when they when they go into school and these liverpool fans they're not going to the match when there's kids and they're going into school and say did you go to the match the weekend blah 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 and the Evertoners are going, yeah me dad took me yeah i'm going every week and these liverpool supporters these kids they're not going they'll they'll change in the end that's what happens. If they're not going the match and their mates are, they go, I'm going with me, mate. I, I does it happen, Greg? I've seen it happen many so times.
3: I think Robert Elston has been really on the money with this one. I think he's 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 seen that football, you know, Everton have been one of the clubs that have led the way in the away ticket fan mm. initiative and all of that great stuff. But Everton are absolutely leading the way making football affordable because it's not. But at Everton, it now is becoming far more affordable than any other, any other place we, in we the world. We need country. to do that to fill the ground, don't we? All
0: the... Other, or the did I say other the big clubs who've got like a worldwide oh, yeah. and international support know yeah. that that actually it doesn't yeah. matter whether like somebody under 11 or local schools it's not affordable because we know there's loads of people from other yeah. countries in Europe who, who fill them fill them specs at like a premium yeah. price so that's why they can do it but I suppose what you say fellas the smart thing for us is we're, we're approaching it in a slightly different way about filling seats Let's yeah.
3: fill the stadium, that's sustainable you know for want of a better way of phrasing it Everton a very local club. Aren't yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So let's fill the stadium. Let's make football affordable for local people. Our fan base, our core fan base is round in Merseyside. Let's get people to the ground. And Just touch on what I was saying then, that the lads
2: who I know, like they've they got sons who are Liverpool supporters, and they said, listen, if I'm, I can't afford to take in the match. And his mates to go and to watch Everton. And if he comes to me, say he wants to go and watch Everton, I'll buy him his ticket because he can't afford to take his own son to the match. And that's what Everton are now introducing, which is them season ticket prices were unbelievable yesterday. You're looking at it, no no more than thirty pounds for a match, Premier League match. And we've seen what the away the away ticket situation is regarding to this season as well. So I think Everton have they've hit the nail on the head regarding to what they've done with the season tickets. Brilliant. <laughs> All I'd say is we've had these brilliant sold out Goodison Parks, and the
1: atmosphere has still been as. Mad and quirky and up and down as ever. Maybe, uh, maybe at some point, you know, ut- Kermit like will harness the power yeah. of Goodison on a more consistent basis. Yeah. So
0: that's that's the thing about the uh, the ground at Father river, as we all know, if you work down it'd be very windy and stuff. And <laughs> you know, like, at the best stoke, like stove away, the so it'd be yeah. interesting to see the design whether it takes account of that because it can <laughs> have it, like a big effect on things, yeah. can it? You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. uh interesting to see about the design to you know, where it sort of addresses that fact.
1: Yeah, they, they, they always said the Gladys Street had in a goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> oh, Gladys like Street <laughs> might have blown up. Suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Did laughs> the ball disappear into the maze. Did you like that one? Was it was
0: it Shrewsbury where they had the the boat on the on the river, like for the fish? Now they have like a couple of trawlers in the maze. You just
2: get the match ball. Greg, what was your take on commercially? Um, three hundred percent. Yeah, no, the call from Robert Elston. What what was your take on that one?
1: Interesting, I think. Well. He raised the prospect, of Neve Everton having, uh, along along with the other Premier League clubs, it wasn't something I was aware of, this shirt sleeve property next as of next season. So it looks like the Premier League shirts uh, and clubs are going down the road of other sports like Rugby League and uh, Formula One. So Championship
2: it as well, League One and League Two. Different sponsors still yeah, 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 on, yeah. on the bottom of the numbers and everything. There
1: you go. So whereby they're basically opening that shirt, that piece of property as, as it's termed in financial kind of business quarters to more than one advertiser and yeah i think it's inevitable really it probably doesn't make the shirts look a million dollars in terms of how they you know but if it's going to bring in more commercial income it's going to help the club maybe pay for lukaku's wages for another season or bring in yeah. the next lukaku whatever it is it looks like everton are, as he said working hard to get that shirt sleeve deal and you know, he said that they've got a new sponsor for the shirt. Uh, we think it's new. Me and Phil still can't quite second guess whether or not it's going to be a Chang extension or a new sponsor. We suspect the latter. And to add to that, and uh, a naming rights deal for Finch Farm, which is again taking us up with those clubs like United, like Arsenal, um, and like City, who do have the, everything that they can yeah. nail down with a sponsorship attached to it, and why that, not?
3: That's a clear sign of Mashiri's influence there. Yeah. yeah. Because he's, he's clear, for me, looking outside in, it's his contacts that have helped facilitate that, because clearly, Everton will have had that discussion at some point in the last five, six, seven years, because other clubs are doing it. But Mashiri is either Expediate the process and gone. No, we're making this a priority. Or and probably as well, he's gone. Well, I know a fella who might be interested. It's contact, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: Can, can you just take the shirt responsible to be Scotty Bet TV? for I this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I think that'd, be, uh, that'd
2: be good, John Anderson. Lensa you know yeah, Lens Tana, you know,
1: official
0: gambling partner.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, Greg, just go. Surely go back to the stadium once more. Do you think it? How big will this be? Not just for Everton, but for the city to have an icon of football and stadium on the waterfront?
1: Well, it's no... Look, Joe Anderson is an Evertonian. He doesn't make any effort to hide that. He's very upfront, um, very passionate about the Blues. But more, first and foremost, he's the mayor of Liverpool. And, and it's no coincidence that the whole council, uh, whether I'm sure a lot of Liverpool fans like it or not, and I get the impression from Twitter last night, a few felt they had the cages rattled by the suggestion that, you know, Ironically, despite the effort the, the support they've been given over Stanley Park just the abortive, move. and then the new main stand, mm-hmm. you'll always get that though, it's partisan, mm-hmm. it's a football city, but nonetheless, he, his primary responsibility is to move Liverpool, the city the, you know, the region of side forward so it's a no-brainer for him of mm-hmm. course, like I said, when we're talking about this brinksmanship and this negotiating for both parties, they really want Everton Stadium there so yeah. John Joe, the council, of the third party, really wants a stadium there. I don't think anybody in their right mind would countenance Everton being in Stonebridge Cross. I think one of the shareholders again said the big fear is you move to the outskirts of the city, albeit it's not the outskirts, you know, and still right by a big arterial route, but out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, And it is a bit, there's, well, look, they could put it this way they can't afford to fail with the Bramley Moor move. Yeah. Yeah. Everton cannot afford another Kingstar, another Walton Hall Park, or another Kirby. I think everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, Gad, yeah. Would you
2: go as far as to say that these four or five months are the biggest in the club's history? In terms of... Everything. These these next, the two transfer windows and the stadium move, are these? is this the biggest three to four months in the club's entire I history?
0: Would, I would hope we've got... In our
2: recent history, yeah. Um, I hope, hope we've
0: got bigger bigger months than that in three years time when yeah. you know we're part of the elite um, but yeah, they are um, i think linked to i think to the pitch most of all about what we do within the two transfer windows and getting that right but it's not just getting find the right plays it's blend them in, into the team there's management managing properly Um, you know making sure you've got your balance your team like that, you know and all that type of stuff we speak about every week you know and that's that's why it's important. Mm. We need we need to get that out. so we've got a good platform going going forward. Um, but that's just bit down to the basics of good management, signing good players, getting them to play in the proper way. I think that's important mm. because if if we get the if we if we can use our like sort of extra cash as it were in the, in the, yeah. in the two transfer windows,
1: which brings us back to the bread and butter. Um, why we all go and watch football? The games. Uh, good win over South, over a tired Southampton. So,
2: in the end, to be fair, he was not in between the two sides for like 70-80 minutes, wasn't he? And you could just see Southampton were tiring. I think they played one game the day before, that, I mean, the day later us, so you could see that was affecting them. Um, when we were talking, I remember when all four of us were on, on this table talking in, in August, we were praising how good Southampton were and how many plays you'd love from their team. And then, to the fact, it turned around to you, didn't I? And, watching the Everton Southampton match and I was looking at Southampton going, I wouldn't wouldn't look wouldn't have many of these players in the team. Maybe it's the fact that they were tired and they played too many games in a short space of time, but I was looking at them, yeah, Van Dyke didn't play in no Charlie fought, Austin. No Charlie Austin. Um Forster didn't have the best of games in goal. But I was looking at Southampton I was thinking, I'm not having this. Everton Everton looked like the Southampton of Last season, where does the Southampton look like the Everton? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, fair shouts for, for,
0: for the last 20 minutes at least, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was 70 minutes was pretty bland, wasn't it? Where I'm encouraged is the fact that we got seven points out of nine over Christmas, but mm. it's really not playing that great yeah. uh, in any of the three games. You had spells where we did, Um that's given us a good platform. We've gone, we spoke in November that. That December period, when looked at the fixes, particularly the home ones, are going to be difficult. If we come out into January, there I say, when the window opens, mm. and we're sort of there or there about what we were in November, which is probably 6th, 7th, yeah, which we are, then we probably think that's acceptable. I think that's right. Within that, was only the Watford game. When you look at back now, how, uh, how did we lose the Watford game You see what's happened to them since? So, I think um, Southampton game, good win, but... Uh, in the context of the seven games, I think yeah. we, we, we've done okay. Yeah, we've done okay, and it's given us something to, to to hang on to.
1: And obviously, Saturday we've touched on it earlier when we were talking about the FA Cup versus the Premier League. As per the debate last night, um, from my point of view, it's it's essential for the momentum of this season, for the hopes of this season being more than just a, a consolidatory one, that we get through this tie. Mm-hmm. But
2: it's it's a difficult tie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. it's, um I, it is on the back of the... They've had a couple of good results recently, haven't they? Just they picked got up, have they? have picked up, but I think they'll... I'm, I don't want to say it, maybe come back to me with words here, but I think they'll throw the towel in on this one. They've got a Champions League game coming up soon, haven't they? They've got league... They, they need to get back up the league, don't they, as well? well so they need I to think, make sure
1: they're all right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Bayon. And I think Everton being at home, he'll only, and obviously on a bit of a roll. I think Koeman will target this. He's won a couple of Cups abroad, hasn't he, in Spain and in Portugal and... And whatnot, I think, in all So I think he's gonna target this one. Everton seventh, I think there's some distance away. I think there's West Brom just below and then there's about four or five point gap, is need to toward beyond to Bournemouth. So he will target this, I think, and you've just got to touch lucky with the with the draws, haven't you? Yeah,
0: I think he may learn some of the lessons from the Norwich. Yeah. Norwich game in the League Cup. Um from that and I agree with you So how I think Leicester will this won't be their biggest priority in the next mm. uh, couple of
2: months. I think like the last thing Leicester probably wants is a replay or another FA Cup game in the fifth round. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't see them wanting this. So I think if we look overall, if we look back at where we were in May time, April time last year when we were getting snotted 3-0 <laughs> off Sunderland, 4-0 off Liverpool, the list is endless. And where we are right now, 7th, 7 or 8 points, maybe 9 points off the top, um, top four, off the pitch, couldn't be going better. It's, it's been a hell of a 12 months for Everton and long may it continue.
0: Yeah, well... Uh, couldn't uh, say it any, any better.
2: Endorse that. Yeah. Thanks, lads. Really
1: enjoyed that chat. I hope you've enjoyed listening as well and, and uh, hopefully many more utterly positive pods to come. Um, fingers crossed for Saturday and we'll be back at the start of next week to review the FA Cup third round.